Hello and welcome to episode 137 of TLDR Podcast. Uh, I know that Alex hates the whole numbers after the one thing, but Metal World Peace, that's what I thought, mm-hmm. 37. Throwback. I hope you guys had a really good three-day, four-day weekend. Most of you guys, I had a four-day weekend, which is amazing. Um, I hope you guys really took advantage of that time and just chilled. So I'm going to ask the boys how their weekend was, because, you know, it was extra time. It's also 4 p.m. on Monday, which is the earliest we recorded probably ever. So thank God for that. Tyler, how was your weekend? Uh, yeah, I spent it working, um, but it was opening <laughs> opening weekend for, for college baseball. Um, so it's, you know, quote unquote work. Uh, it was it was great to have uh, some some real games and some competitive games. Uh, we took two out or we we lost two out of three. Um, so it wasn't our best weekend, but, uh, you know, I'm just happy that the season's rolling, um, and that we're back on that baseball grind. So that's very exciting. We had, uh, our conference pitcher of the week. He struck out, uh, he struck out 12 guys in five innings. Uh, so he had a dominant performance on Saturday. So that was super fun to watch. Uh, so, so there were, there are definitely some bright spots this weekend, but yeah, so it's my, my weekend was spent working college baseball, but can't complain too much about that. Is your team supposed to be good this year? We're supposed to be pretty competitive. We definitely got a good shot at making the tournament this year. Um, so we're we're hoping that we can be a little more consistent. Um, Sunday's game was just an absolute disaster, but hopefully we'll have very few of those this this year. But got we we got a lot better arms this year. So like last year we had like two good pitchers. This year we got like six or seven. So hopefully that continues and we'll start winning some more games. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Tyler works LMU baseball. You can watch them on weekends on ESPN 8. Trading. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, like you said, into the nice long weekend. Spent it with my folks. Spent it with you on a golf course. Um, that was hell on earth for a, part, for a, for a piece of that uh, four hour of my life. But uh, we, we got through it. Um, other than that, uh, it's been good. Um I mean, don't tell Kylie there was a there was a long weekend because her Saturday was horrible. <laughs> so uh, I, I I tried to keep the, uh, the the good vibes to myself because I don't really want to make her feel any worse than she did on Saturday. You say it's hell on earth on Sunday that you played hockey or not hockey but golf. But bro, you parred the first three holes, I think. Uh, three out of the first four, and then it just and then it just unraveled. <laughs> Did you cut? You stopped keeping score. Yes, I got four. Ooh, yeah, it's it never a good thing. No. <laughs> it's never a good thing. That was a good time with me, though. I really oh yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see you for sure. And then, last but not least, the man with the beard, Alex. How was your long weekend? If you had one, uh, I did not have a long weekend. I had to work today, um, but that's because I have um, unlimited PTO with my job, so we don't get a lot of the like funky uh, holidays off. Um, weekend was good. Uh, went up to San Jose for a Sharks, uh, almost said Bills, uh, Sabres game um, and got potentially the worst bobblehead you could ever get receive. It's the GM half in a suit, half in his former uh, uniform. Oh, that's actually kind of cool, actually. Oh, this is terrible. Who is scary? I didn't even know who he was because obviously I'm Mike Greer, man. Oh man, no idea. <laughs> no idea. I watched See what it. I mean? It's hey, bobblehead, cool. And then I was like, ah, oh, that's lame. Like, I don't know. But either way, uh, the game was fun. The Sharks are terrible. Um, beer was beer was good though. Beer is overpriced. That's what that is. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're gonna get right into it. We're gonna start off with Alex and All Star Weekend, which was eh. Alex, saw you. Yeah, James, I think you nailed it. Uh, The All-Star Weekend just finished. It was in Utah, of all places, which I think um, the general NBA player slash fan is sort of like, why why is it here? Um, So, yeah, I thought we'd talk about the All-Star Weekend, um, both kind of the game and the the dunk contest um, specifically. So for the last, um, I don't know, maybe two or three, it's probably like six years now, they've been picking team captains and doing this draft uh, for the all-star game. And then this year they decided to pick the reserves first and the starters later because they were worried about like people's feelings getting hurt or something. I don't know. I thought we should decide if it maybe needs a little bit of a rework. Um, all three of you rolled your eyes as I was talking about that. So I sort of assume I know where this is going. Uh, but Tyler, let's start with you. Um, thoughts on like this NBA all-star week, um, can also talk about the game and lacklusterness of the whole the whole thing if you'd like as well. Yeah, I I'm not a big fan of this team captain and draft kind of deal. Like I like the you know in any kind of all star game like kind of East versus West or you know American League National League whatever that is. I, I I like that part of it. Um, so when it's just you know Team LeBron versus Team Giannis or whatever whatever it is. I don't know. I, I'm 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 not the biggest fan. I think really the All Star Game first and foremost should be celebrating the players and their accomplishments, and like that's what it should be about. And you representing your conference or division, whatever it is, um, and your team, of course. Um, so and then playing, playing, playing an exhibition, and that's what it is. Like people want it to be like this, you know, Game Seven NBA Finals where it's this competitive deal and everyone's really trying their hardest. But let's be honest, it's an exhibition. And it's a celebration of the best players in the game. I think people have like super crazy high expectations for it. I think it's just, to me, it's just an, an, an exhibition game. And I think that's all it's ever going to be. Like, I don't, I don't really know how you really fix it. I thought it was fine before, obviously, you know, the, the you know, the games being 150, 160, like that's kind of annoying, but what are you going to do? You're going to like pressure the players to try and, you know, give more effort. Like, I don't really know how you do that. I just feel like the NBA already kind of has this, um culture of kind of letting off whenever they want and kind of all that all 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 that business so i don't know you know how you really fix that i like i said i've never been a fan of this new draft thing i personally like eastern conference western conference let it be how it is for me i was watching the nba also game more when that was going on versus what it is now yeah i agree i don't like the draft at all especially this last year of like these are grown men who are professional athletes it doesn't matter. You're probably getting some sort of all-star bonus for making the team anyway. You know, for some guys that probably matters a lot more than others, like, you know, the 500 K or whatever it is, LeBron probably doesn't care about, but someone like Lori Markinen might care. Uh, trade in the NHL. You know, we've talked about this recently as well. Like they, you know, they upgraded and changed the way their all-star format works. Um, you know, is that something doesn't have to be that way but what do you think of the nba all-star game and kind of you know the the draft and everything the the nba all-star game is much like i said last you know when we talked about the nhl all-star game the nhl all-star game is the best beer league game you'll ever watch if anybody doesn't know what that means if you've ever been to a beer league hockey game that's what it's it's just passing having fun scoring goals that you just you just get to see the best version of that. It's horrible hockey. It's it's not fun. It's just a lot of you know fun fun stuff. No defense. That's that's beer league, and you get to see it from the best players on the planet. Same thing here. 
the NBA All-Star game is a is the best pickup basketball game you could possibly see. There's not a better pickup basketball game you could possibly see because you're playing the you're 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 playing with the best players uh, the best players on the planet are playing. They do crazy stuff and they have fun. Um and you know it's 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 just for fun. I'll, we'll call it intramural. We'll call it an intramural basketball game because James doesn't like what I just said. So um <laughs> with that, the draft thing, how much more coddled can the most prima donna athletes on the fucking planet be? Be like you can't coddle a player more. They have the biggest egos in the entire fucking uh uh in the entire athlete circle of the in the entire planet. And and we coddle them even more. These guys are paid 30 million dollars to shoot a basket into a hoop and we're worried about their egos and we're worried about them being uh being offended because they're not picked first or picked or worse they're picked last in an all-star game you you're even there you're even at the all-star game you 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 you're insane i just, i can't i can't i can't i can't wrap my head around that i don't actually mind the draft i think i think it's kind of fun i mean it's 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 it, you know it, it it adds some you know it it's supposed to add some intriguing um uh, you know uh, I guess, you know, uh, you know, drama, I guess just, just a facade of drama, like, oh, you picked him just, and it's, a, it's all, it's a whole thing, but to, 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 to worry about someone getting picked last in a, in this type of situation is, is it, it, it just boggles my mind. I mean, it, th- these guys are the biggest prima donnas already. And to make it even worse is a detriment, not only to them, but to the, to the fans that watch it. We already are getting sick of it, and we're now and now and now it's being compounded on an all star in an all star uh, you know setting. It's it's despicable, and that is why I fucking hate this league. I I can't stand it, and this is exactly why. That got way more aggressive than I thought it was going to, but I I get you. Um, yeah, I mean I liked the East versus West thing, kind of like Tyler said. I the draft I think originally was supposed to, you know, put intrigue on players that never get to play to like never would play together. Um, and you know, maybe they, they played together in college or their buddies or whatever. And it was sort of this fun, like experiment. And now it's kind of derailed a little bit. Um, but James, your, your thoughts on just the all-star game, the draft, all of it. So last week, Tyler said me and him agreed on a lot. And that was the first and not probably the last, cause I agreed with everything <laughs> Tyler said. I like the draft. Um, not so much the last, or the reserves being picked first, but I like the concept of the draft itself. Uh, for years past, the West was way better than the East. Like, hands down, the West was just dominant. Everybody good was from the West. And so back in the day, it wouldn't be as fun because it was like the West have Kobe, Tim Duncan, like um, Steve Nash. And now it's a little bit more parody, but still everybody got shipped West at the, at the trade deadline. Um and so it's like it's kind of cool to see the fact that the teams are a little bit more, more or less the same in terms of talent because you're going to pick based off who's best around. That's cool. Also, it allows you to see what happens when players from the same team make the All Star game. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. That was kind of cool to see. That was the only part of the All Star game that I enjoyed yesterday. I was watching those two just go at it, like they were actually playing hard for forty seconds at a time because they were playing against each other. That was cool. In terms of the All-Star game, the one thing I didn't like about what Traden said was that he called it the greatest pickup game in the NBA. And yeah, it's supposed to be that, but the All-Star game yesterday was not that. It was pretty much ISO ball. It wasn't even pickup. Oh, you can't call that pickup basketball. You can barely call that basketball, man. That was almost just shooting. It was shoot around. That's what it was. No defense. Walk around, do some crazy shit. It was pregame warm-up. 
That's what it was. That's what you saw yesterday. It wasn't pickup basketball. It was pregame warm-up. What I want to see is the greatest pickup basketball game there is per season. And, I mean, when Kobe was around, Kobe made that competitive. He would not back down. He would just be there and be like, I want to win every single time. And he did. I think he lost it the All-Star game maybe one time in his entire career. But then since then, you have players like Braun and Giannis. Braun, like, or Giannis played 20 seconds of the game, pulled himself, didn't play again. Braun pulled himself at half. That sets a tone for everybody else. At that point in time, you're like, yeah, there's no point to be competitive. And it's so boring to watch one person do everything and the other people just stand there. Like, I want this to be competitive. Like, I, these are the best players. Put on a show. That wasn't a show, man. I, I, the only reason why I watch it is because I put money on it. That's the only reason why. Otherwise, I wouldn't have. Did you win? No, I lost 35 minutes. <laughs> oh, he's really angry then. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with more with James on this. I don't. Yeah, it's not. I think trading. You're on the right path. Like what we want is for it to be the greatest basketball game. It's barely basketball. I mean, both um, the Nuggets head coach, who I'm just blanking on his name right now, pretty much said like, "Yeah, this is the worst Hello. basketball I've ever seen." Yeah, thanks, Mike Malone. Thank you. Um, some of the other players were like, "Yeah, this is not even really basketball. Like, we're just out here dunking and you know shooting from half court or whatever." Which I'm sure is entertaining if you're in the building, but if you're not, it's really not all that exciting. Um, another kind of like you know the biggest other hyped thing about the NBA All Star Weekend is the dunk contest. You know, it's kind of like the home run derby for baseball, where baseball has really updated and changed it throughout the years to you know make it more interesting. The dunk contest, in my personal opinion, has gone downhill over the last five, six years. Um, Trayden, I'm going to start with you because I want to know, did you know, so here are the dunk contest um, competitors. Trey Murphy III from the Pelicans, Kenyon Martin Jr. from the Rockets, Jericho Sims from the Knicks, and Mac McLung from the sort of 76ers. Trayden, as the least basketball fan on this podcast, have you heard of any of those guys before I mentioned we were going to talk about the dunk contest. Yes, uh, the last one, because apparently you did good. I saw it was Sports Center. Okay. So you <laughs> heard about it after, but you had no idea who he was before this started. This is no, my as far as, I, as far as I know, he was a nobody. Yeah, he was, was he in, a warrior. He was in the G League. He like was originally part of the Lakers organization. He just got signed to like a two-way contract with the Sixers. The days of uh like Vince Carter and Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin participating in the dunk contest are gone. People have said like Mac McLellan did a great job. They say he saved the dunk contest. I'm gonna is it time to change something up, do something different with it? Do you want to add a new a new skill thing like we've seen the NHL do? Traden, let's start with you. I'm gonna ask one thing. How much more creative can you get? We've seen it all like like and that's the thing like I, I we're expecting it to be from what I remember Vince Carter was the best at it like he was that was the that was when we all loved it or I'm I just I that's what I read and it seems like and during that era everything everything was was absolutely incredible everything about it was oh this is this is how the dunk contest is going to be but, but what do you do from there? how like it's actually like the breakaway contest in the nhl how like what more can you do there's nothing else you can do you have to just completely like you almost have to scrap it because if no one's enjoying it and if everyone's gonna make a mockery of it anyway then let it go and but i will say this i do think it's it was actually cool to have players like that 
that actually want to show off their skills that don't really have a, you know, what was the last, I forget his name um, that you just mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Who won? Yeah. He, he, he didn't have a reason to, to let up because he's a not, he's not a starter. If he gets injured, I mean, yeah, it sucks, but it's not as if he's going to crack a roster anyway. At least it didn't seem like that. So he had every opportunity. He, he had an opportunity of all times that he may have ever have an opportunity to to get the limelight shine on him. He he was able to take advantage of that. And you don't. And I, I kind of hearken it back to um, uh, Kings fans. You'll appreciate this. Martin Furk actually ha- has the hardest shot in the NHL in the in the in, in hockey at 109 miles. That's faster than uh, Zdeno Chara. It was an incident like that that I believe. The NHL should have brought him into the NHL all-star contest just to show us that because if no one else wants to do it, or if no one else can do it in, in the actual league, put, throw a, show us someone who can, you know, this guy may, this guy may never play a, play a minute in the playoffs, or if he did, it's, it's, it's what, two, two minutes, a two minutes a game, bring in people that actually want to play, bring in people that actually want to show off the show off in the limelight. I, I saw LeBron, you know, almost break his finger because he tried to block a block a shot and he pulled himself off. Or in, in this dunk contest, they're just not, they, they don't know what to do because all the creativity is gone. Like bring in, pe- either bring in people that are going to actually do it or scrap it and, 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 uh, and, and figure out something else because, you know, frankly, if, if no one's going to watch, then it's not no longer a moneymaker. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of part of it is, you know, I think people want to see guys like John Morant and Zion and, you know, LeBron is never going to do it at this age, but 15 years ago, I mean, LeBron's never done the dunk contest. I think everyone would like to see LeBron do it. And yeah, trade. And I think you made a good point. Like, at least for these guys, like you're putting yourselves out there, you know, you're getting your name out there. You're most likely not going to turn into, you know, an all, you know, an all-star and, you know, an all-timer or anything like that. So it is cool for those guys, but I think for the more general NBA fan who don't know who these guys are like you're not tuning in to see true Kenyon martin jr from the five win rockets i'm sure they have more wins than that but like participate in the dunk contest so um james as a more of a lifelong basketball fan you know your thoughts on the dunk contest should they scrap it do you have another idea for something else yeah the dunk contest is dead um it's it's terrible they shouldn't scrap it though um, I think that they could add a little wrinkle to it to make it different. But I think everybody likes dunks. It's really hard not to like a dunk. Like once you get an in-game dunk, it lightens everybody up. It's kind of cool. Uh, but I think you can add a couple wrinkles to it. I think that um, you can institute like a game of horse or dunk, right? And so you can have like round one is like you do the regular dunk contest, get a score, and then the top score plays against the lowest score. And you play a game of horse for dunking. So you that way you can win through that that avenue that direction i think that'd be a lot more fun to watch because then if the person who has the best score does something crazy and the other guy can't can't do it he gets a letter and you go on and go on and go on until you reach the final i think that's a cool way to do it another thing you can do is have the regular dunk contest rules but then also have like this random wheel where you spin it and has like a random prop you have to use and then you have to just integrate that it can be like a car like when dwight howard or blake griffin i can't i don't remember who jumped over a car or it could be like a pizza or a keg or like a barbell. I don't know, something crazy. And you have to implement that into your dunks and you have no idea what that is. I think that'd be kind of cool. 
I do like that one. And that's a great way for sponsors to be because I do remember it was Blake Griffin and it was a Kia. And I was like, who gives a shit about this Kia? But now I remember that it was a Kia. So like <laughs> that is a good idea to, you know, have a sponsor good. do that. So I do like that one. Yeah, uh, Tyler, kind of, you know, same question. Dunk contest. Is it dead? Any new ideas? It, yeah, I agree with the boys. It's definitely dead. But I think for me, the reason it's dead is because you don't have the stars of the NBA participating in it. And I think for me to get people's intrigue, you have to have the biggest stars, you know, take part of it. When it was popular, you had guys, you know, like, you know, the Vince Carter, Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan back in the day. Like these are the guys that are doing the dunk contest and people want to tune in to see that. No one wants to tune in to see these guys that, you know, haven't really made a huge mark on the NBA yet compete like it's fun to an extent but then it's just like i said it when you have so many years of that you just get tired of it home run derby the same thing i know like there's some years where there's decent turnout from guys that we want to see in it and there's a lot of years of where we don't get that um who doesn't want to see a shohei otani versus aaron judge home run derby final like everyone would tune in to see that who doesn't want to see a luka Doncic versus lebron james uh dunk contest we would love to see that that's what people want to see they want to see the best of the best go at it at the end of the day, it's an all-star game. It's an all-star dunk contest. You want the stars to, to participate in it. And if they're not, no one's going to give a shit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've even, you know, one of the most high-flying dunkers we've, you know, in our current game is John Morant. And somebody asked him, you know, what, what would it take to do it? And he said a billion likes on a Twitter post or whatever it is. Jesus like, he's never going to do it. And you like, if you're a star of your team that's pushing for, you know, pushing for a high C or whatever, like why kind of, why would you do it? Like the potential of hurting an ankle or a knee is pretty high for something that doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I also think it's dead. The thing I came up with um, and my buddy Sam and I were talking about this over the weekend was I want to see like a one-on-one -on -one tournament, like just not dunks, just a one-on-one -on -one pickup tournament. Like guys that like, can't you like an imagine one-on-one -on -one with prime Kobe and like an early LeBron or Luka Doncic and Devin Booker who have all this history together. Like, I think that would be fun. Or even like Steph and clay from 2014 one-on-one. -on -one, and then they just go through like a little, you know, eight on eight or like eight thing tournament. I think that'd be fun, but again, probably never going to do it because you'd have to play defense and put in too much effort and it's not going to happen over the all-star break, but um, okay, two quick last things. Um, Kevin Love has gotten has been bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, he'd kind of fallen out of their rotation and has now signed with the Miami Heat. Uh, James, we'll start with you. Um, you know, what can Kevin Love bring to a Heat team that is, you know, sort of in the middle of the pack uh, in the East? You know, I don't think any of us consider them like a real contender. Like, where does this kind of push them? Um, you know, as we as we come down to this, the end of the season here, I actually think it helps them a decent amount. I think that it pushes them to like the fringe four, five, six range because right now they're seven seed, they're in the playing tournament. So I think adding Kevin Love actually pushes them out of the playing tournament into the regular playoff seating. Um, it's outside of Bam for the Heat, there's nobody like there's no big man, there's no center or forward that can really produce at any level. It's Bam. And then nobody else. But now with Kevin Love in the fold, and I get it, he's 34 years of age. He has a wrist thing going on. He's not as athletic as he used to be. But if we just look at last year, just last year, right? He came off the bench. He put up 13 points per game and set rebounds per game. You, you can't tell me that that's not going to help this Heat team. Because right now they're getting zero and zero out of anybody off the bench in, for Bam. Like 
13 more points per game, seven more rebounds per game. And this is also a guy that can shoot the three relatively well. I think he's like a 39% three-point shooter for his career. Like, that's pretty damn good. Like, and he's pretty fresh. He hasn't played in 12 games. Like, he's he's been out for a long time just because he's out of the rotation. And at 34 years of age, that time off could actually help you. He could be a little rusty at first. And, he, I mean, it's going to be a new team for the first time in a long time. But I think overall, Kevin Love helps his team out a good amount. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, he's shooting a little bit below that for threes this year. It's like 35%. But yeah, you're right. He's had a, like a thumb wrist thing going on. So if that's starting to get a little healthy, could be shooting a little better. And I feel like Kevin Love is one of the most disrespected fringe superstars in recent NBA history. Like he was uh, great with the Timberwolves. He got kind of gets lost up there in Minnesota you know, goes and really like he was in Cleveland for nine years. I had no idea it was that long. It blows my mind. But yeah, I agree. I think he's going to help them. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts on on um, Kevin Love going to South Beach? Yeah, definitely a, a, a low risk, high reward kind of deal for the Heat, I think here. Um, I think they got better. I think it makes them a little bit more competitive in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't think they're going to go very far in the playoffs, even with Kevin Love there. But I think it makes them a more competitive, more complete team, kind of how James alluded to. It gives them a little more depth. You've got a guy that's been that's that's been there. He's won a championship. It's a good veteran presence to have. You know, no doubt he's not prime Kevin Love, so he's not a game changer for them. But you know, I I I think it's a good trade. You know, for for the for the Heat, it's gonna it's gonna make things more interesting. Um, but other than that, I don't think it's gonna do a whole lot. Um, but we'll see what happens. You never know. Like sometimes some sometimes players get traded um, to a team when they were you know. They they weren't really part of a of a, of a great team, or they just didn't have as, as, as much of a role. And then they go into a new new team and get more life, and all of a sudden, you know, their career gets kind of rejuvenated a little bit. So maybe that'll happen with with uh, Love in Miami, but we'll see. I mean, hey, you leave the the winter of Cleveland, and you get to go to the winter of Miami. So <laughs> at least there's that. A little better. Uh, trade in. Same question. K Love going to the Heat. Yeah, uh, I I I like these types of deals and and moves because it it shows your fan base that that you are you know that that you're that you're working on fixing the roster and its holes. Is it is it fixing everything? Absolutely not. No, no one's coming on here and going to say that Kevin Love's going to save the Miami Heat and and make them a, an absolute contender. But it shows that you're that you're finding value options to improve your roster. Th- this is like a very little cost high reward type of situation as Tyler said. He fixes some issues that that uh you know clearly they had as James said. This is a team that is maybe they're not focused on the absolute end game yet because they're just probably not there but this is a guy that's a veteran that's going to that's going to help a lot of these younger guys figure it out as and and learn to compete. He's won, so he has that pedigree, he has that experience. Um, and, it, and if, and if it's true that he's, you know, a little bit of an underrated type of type of player, he, he can, he can join a, a, a Miami team and show, show everyone what he's capable of. And who knows, maybe we'll, we'll see Miami grow, you know, within and, and we'll, and we'll start to see them kind of step up with, with that kind of presence. Uh, I, I love these types of deals. I think that they're, I think that they're very important. I don't know how long he's going to be there. Maybe you guys know that more than me, but it, you know, anything, a, anything that, that kind of helps your younger core t- start to you know gel come together and uh and and gain some much needed experience and galvanize to an extent i think is a i think is a uh is a positive move in my book especially if you don't have to 
to get rid of the farm for that type of player. Yeah, trading. Those are all good points. And I fans love seeing their teams, especially teams like the Heat that are kind of like on this fringe contenderish, like making a push. Fans like to see that sort of thing. Um, but Kevin Love, I believe, is a free agent after the end of this year. So we'll we'll have to see, you know, what kind of value he can bring both to the Heat and to himself moving forward. Um, you know, I think he kind of fits into that PJ Tucker role that they had a couple of years ago. And that trade, and that's another great point is, you know, like Kevin Love has gone through a lot of playoff runs with the Cavs and with LeBron and everything. And other than Miami making it to the bubble finals, we've kind of seen them not really do all that much since LeBron left. So that is, it's a good point, a good veteran presence to bring uh, to a kind of young, kind of old Heat team all at the same time. <laughs> like they're sort of weird in that way, but um, I like that. Okay, last one. As of this morning, Russell Westbrook doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to do anything. He has got bought out by the Jazz and is signing with the Clippers. Tyler, is it going to go any better than it did in the purple and gold? I feel like not. I just, I don't really see a reason why. I just think Russell Westbrook was like, fuck Utah. Let me go back to LA. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he's on a much more, I think, competitive team. So it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers and Clippers potentially match up in the playoffs down the line. That'll be certainly intriguing to kind of see how that plays out. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I Russell Westbrook is an interesting player. I think he definitely has a lot. He's a lot of talent. He potentially, if he's in the right situation, can be a very, very good player for a very good team. So we'll see what happens with the Clippers. To me, I it's, it's such an unknown. I think he's, he's such a wild card. It's so hard to know how this is going to play out, but it's definitely intriguing. And I think it makes him a little bit more relevant again. Um, certainly going back to LA and playing on a Clippers team that is, uh, I think in a much better position to do pretty, to, to do pretty well um, this year. Yeah. I'm, I, I hit it's, it feels like an unknown. Um, you know, he's obviously still very talented, obviously still has a lot of bounce left in, in his legs. The shooting has gone. Not that it was ever really there to begin with, but with the Clippers, it's all dependent on health anyways, but um, trading, same thing. Russ, I think it's going to go better with the Clips than it did with the Lakers. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, and hopefully I'm not, but it sounded like the Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, to the Lakers experiment was kind of a, a way for him. Like, he he was joining a team as to, to be a big part of the team. He w- He was joining it to be a major part of that team. And the Clippers are already a pretty solid team. They're already in the playoffs. And this is a guy that's that's joining a team that is that probably are they going to win without him? Maybe not. But they're a team that we know are probably going to make the playoffs that they'll probably make a little bit of a push. I know the Clippers have always had a had that question mark, but they're not a team that we're worried about making the playoffs. The Lakers were the Lakers were a team that we were worried about that. West, I don't know what the price is that they're paying, but Westbrook's coming into a team that ha- has already been established. I don't know how he's going to fit with the way that he plays. I, 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 that is more up to the experts on this pod- podcast that aren't me. But this is a guy that, you know, he, he's going to have a. I think he's going to have a little less expectations. It's the Clippers, so his expectations are already not as high <laughs> because it's the fucking Clippers. So the uh, the microscope, it, while it's still there, it's not quite as zoned in it's just it's just how it is it's it it's the same with every other second L, uh you know la team that's it's you know it's that's just how it is that's how um 
And I don't, maybe how it's always going to be. And, you know, if, if the Clippers can make a, can make an honest player out of him and, and make a push, I think that that that's a win-win. I don't, I don't think he's going to go in and destroy the the team. I, I can't imagine that. Um, Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base, but it seems like they're doing okay without him. Is he going to be a p- big push? I, that I don't know, but I don't think he's going to completely dismantle the Clippers. They're, they're already a pretty solid team as is. Traden, you've been nailing it today. That was a that was another great point. I mean, he they they did say they came report came out today that before he signed with the Clippers, they gave him and he decided on a very well defined role. We don't really know what that is. My assumption would be sort of what he was doing in the second half of this, the beginning of this season with the Lakers, where he was coming off the bench and sort of leading leading the second second unit. Um, I mean, we've seen him work pretty well with Paul George before in the past. Um, yeah, you, and you're right. He was supposed to be sort of that third big piece for the Lakers. Everyone questioned the fit. It didn't work. We don't know really what the fit will be like with the Clippers as well. But uh, James, finish finish this off, you know, rest to the Clips. Thoughts? I like this move for both sides. Um, I, Alex, I disagree with you. I think he's going to be a starter. The Clippers don't have a point guard. John Wall gone. They traded away Reggie Jackson. They traded away Luke Kennard. They need a ball handler. That's Russ. And he's and Traden, I disagree with you. Like he's being brought in to be a big part of the this puzzle. He they, the Clippers have the second worst points per game in the Western Conference. They're only behind the Rockets, who, as Alex alluded to, have five wins. That's an exaggeration, but they're bad. So that tells you a lot. You need that tells you so much. The Clippers need offense, and before Russ was traded to Utah, he was finding his three point shot. I think a couple of games he had like twenty plus points, and probably six of those he had like six attempts at three and made the majority of them. Like his, he found his shot again. He was feeling confident again, and I liked him bringing the ball up the floor for the Clippers and being a big part of this offense. Because let's be real, Kawhi Leonard is going to be in and out of the lineup. He has been all season. You need some scoring punch there. And you need a point guard. That's Russ. We actually get to see Russ Cook. Not Russell Wilson, because that was trash. But Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he's going to be great. And I think he's going he's gonna to really redeem himself here. He wants to be in L.A. He went to UCLA. He grew up in Hawthorne. He's from Long Beach. Like He is from this area, and he wants to show up for his hometown. And I think he's going to do that. He's always wanted to be in L.A., he went to the wrong LA. Let's be real, the legs are toxic. I think he's gonna be he's found a place where he's wanted, first and foremost, and will able he's gonna be able to thrive there. And and James, just to piggyback really quick, it sounds like Paul George wants him there. It seems like Absolutely. the team wants him there. So that that I think is a huge factor too. And that's a good point. The question I have really quick, sorry to ask Alex, because I'm very curious. Can like it I don't know if Kawhi is. Is a Kawhi a guy that needs the ball? And is that gonna be a problem? He's like kind of sometimes and not really all at the same time uh Kawhi's sort of an alien in that regard like he can take over and be the like LeBron you know Giannis like needs the ball in his hands and can also not be that guy all like all at the same time um he's probably one of the only guys in the NBA that can really do both more so um James I like that we'll just have to see I you know I think Russ got a lot we've talked about this before but a lot of negative feedback or negative whatever about him seems like a nice guy yeah he's an la kid i hope i hope he succeeds with the clippers i just hope the clippers don't succeed as a lakers fan but um james that is all i got for basketball this week 
Hope you guys enjoyed that. We talked about all star stuff. We talked a little trade stuff, and but you know, we'll see what happens next. We're gonna take another quick break, but when we return, Shaden is talking hockey. Welcome back, everybody. Traden is our hockey guy. We all know that. You all know that. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out to everybody who reads Traden's power rankings because we're averaging like 70 reads per power ranking, which is a lot. That's really cool. And Traden's doing a great job. So Traden, it's all you. Yeah, I appreciate you and the fans uh, for that. Um, very helpful. This week's um, this week, I wrote a dissert, uh, dissertation about the Oilers. It's very, very riveting stuff. Um, <laughs> so I, I highly, I highly encourage you to read that part. Um, so we're, yeah, we're going to be talking about hockey. We're going to talk about a couple teams that are kind of question marks uh, that we maybe expected a little bit more from them. Um, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I missed the memo, but um, we'll talk about that. But before we get there, let's talk about in-season cup. Uh, it seems to me that Tyler, you got double digits, buddy. Uh, your Arizona oh. Coyotes uh, took 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 it for a few days, um, and actually had it just a few days before that um, with for Colorado with Colorado, and uh, you have twelve points. Congratulations! Um, right now it's but however your your team took it from you. I that's kind of weird to say, but it they took it from you. The LA Kings um have it, and uh, that is my team. Um, I, they've had it for the last three, three days if you include tonight, um, tomorrow night, they play the, uh, they play the wild. And so Alex has a chance to continue his, his, uh, his dominance. James, you're at 38 points. Alex at 48, 44. I'm at 35 and Tyler, you're at 12. Tyler, you're, it's very hard for you to get the, uh, the most days, but your, but your final day is still very much up in the air. So you never know. You never know. Uh, Let's let's talk about a couple teams. We're talking about one team from the West, one team from the East. Um, and the big news over the weekend was the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Calgary Flames, for for some context, the people didn't know they kind of they kind of went through major re, uh, major overhaul uh, in, in the span of uh, a month uh, over the over the off season last year. Um, they they lost Matthew Kachuk, they lost Johnny Goudreau, and they brought in Mackenzie Weger and they brought in. Um, Jonathan Huberdeau from the Florida Panthers. And, you know, at the time when the, the first, you know, the aforementioned first two left the team, I, w- I was, you know, ecstatic because I thought the Calgary Flames were done. I thought the Calgary Flames would be absolute shit. They bring in Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau, Jonathan Huberdeau coming off of his career year last year. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, the Calgary Flames are the best team in the league. Well, I'm an idiot again. So <laughs> I should, I should have went, went with my gut um, early on. Because the uh, the Calgary Flames have not have not done very well. We've kind of talked about them all season, but um, you know they, they they seem to be sputtering. I mean, today they just they just lost to the um, to the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, and it seems to me that the and and the biggest news on the weekend was um, Jonathan Huberdeau kind of got called out by his well his his agent. I guess uh, Alan Walsh, if, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a very um, outspoken agent for his, for his clients. And he tweeted something that basically called out the coach said that uh, it, it's clear that Jonathan Huberto's playing time is going down. His, his production is, is, is shit to say the least. Um, and it seems like the Calgary flames as a whole are just kind of sputtering out. The goaltending hasn't been there. So I, I just want to go around and ask uh, Tyler. Uh, I'm going to ask you about the entire Calgary flames here. 
the Calgary Flames are, you know, they're head coached by uh, Daryl Sutter. That's a, that's a coach that you and Alex know very, very well. Um, he's a hard ass. He's a tough coach. Um, but you know, he, he's, he's had, he's had his, he's had his cups. So he, he knows what he's doing. Um, how do you feel about the Calgary Flames? And, and, and do you, you know, what is the missing problem do you, that, that you, uh, that you think this team is, is facing right now? Yeah, Calgary Flames certainly a team as you mentioned that we that we picked going into this season to be one of the top teams in that division. It's just not has turned out the way they they made they took a big risk with that trade, sending away a lot of guys that have been around for a while, taking in a guy that uh, was coming off a great year in, in, in Huberdeau, and he just has been pretty dog shit all year. Let the, like let's let, let's be real. I think Sutter, you know, had a really good grip on the team last year, and I think changing so much personnel may have been the problem. You know, I don't know how many, how much conversations go on with coaches and GMs. I'd hope it'd be a lot. If it's not, that's probably a dis, a, a dysfunctional franchise. So for me, that might be the issue. Um, not putting the right players with the right system you have in place. To me, that kind of seems like the the main issue here. Um, with that being said, they're still in it. They, 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 they still have a chance to, to squeak in into a, a wild card spot. To me, it kind of comes down between them and Minnesota. Um, they do have a back-to-back in early March, so that's going to be a couple of hu- a huge games for both of those teams. Um, and like I said, I, I I think the the Western Conference as a whole, um, you know, is 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 pretty is pretty is packed pretty tight. Um, but I think the Flames, like their real chance, is going to be a wild card spot. And as much dysfunction as they had, and as much as I don't really you know have a whole lot of faith in them at the moment. Um, they still have a chance, you know, and I think that they start, they can still turn it around. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Daryl Sutter guy. I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I love his coaching. I, I love the way, you know, he runs things. Um, whether or not it's a good fit for some of the players, like I said, I think that's more of a, a, a GM issue um, to putting the right team together. Um, so for me, I think that is their biggest flaw not the right players with, with the right system. I think they had a great system last year and you kind of, you changed a lot. It wasn't just like one or two guys. It was a lot like key guys you threw away and came and brought in different guys that did that didn't work. I, I, I kind of raised my, my eyebrow that one just because I felt like they had a lot of good things going for them and you just kind of mixed it up for, I don't really know why. And we're kind of seeing the results of that right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, to be fair, Johnny Goudreau kind of chose to leave. And it's and um, they did ask um, they did ask John, uh, you know Kachuk if he was going to stay and it seemed like he wasn't so that's why they moved him out. However, I think to your point, they signed eight years to both Mackenzie Weger and to Jonathan Huberto without them even playing a game with Daryl Sutter, which that is a risk. But to be fair, it's also it's also a way to show your your fan base, hey, we're we I'm 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 living and dying by the sword. Whether that's right or not, it is what it is, but at least at least you're at least you're backing up your you know, your your I guess your words and your in your choices. The biggest problem uh you know, last week was the was the collapse to the Red Wings. I mean, what an absolute like it, you know, it, you you can't lose that game. You can't lose. You can't lose to the Flyers as well. You those games you just can't lose in this. And right now they have uh, the Coyotes coming up on Wednesday. They have the Golden Knights coming up on Thursday, and they end the they uh, end road trip um, against the Avalanche on Saturday. Two, uh, I would say, two out of the three are pretty tough games. One of them is a game that you have to win, and we'll have to see. Uh, so, James, I want to ask you. I mean, we know that goaltending hasn't been good, and um, I will say that I want. I'm going to be asking a question to, around the horn at the very end about this team. Um, but um, for now, James, uh, goaltending hasn't been great. But 
they also it doesn't seem like the team's had the scoring support either. So what is your, you know, what's your diagnosis of this team? They are middle of the pack. It's kind of middling around. Like there's there's a yeah. They can't score, but they also can't defend. And I get why Jonathan Huberdeau's agent's pissed because like Jonathan Huberdeau isn't a goal scorer. He's an assist guy. Last season he had 85 points from assists. This season, not even close. Um, and who's to say that Jonathan Huberto is not setting his teammates up and his teammates just aren't scoring the puck? That could be the case, right? And I I, I honestly could not tell you because I don't watch Flames games, but that could be the case. And all the evidence suggests that because of Huberto's body of work. And when it comes to the defense part of it, when you don't have a hard-hitting forecheck, like when you lose Kachuk, like – stuff goes downhill pretty fast. And Mackenzie Weger isn't all that he's chalked up to be. And I get eight years is good and all, but he hasn't held up on his end of the bargain. And to be fair, another has Huberto um, in terms of production. But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the coach and putting the players in the correct situation to succeed. And Sutter hasn't done that. I think that's where the issue lies. And I, I think that's why this Flames team is not scoring or defending. Yeah. Um you know, it, it's a wonder what's, it, you know, it, we, it, it is true, though, that, that um, you know, Huberto is a is a 20 to 30 goal, goal scorer. He has 10, but but his his assists are, are an issue. And may, and the shooting percentage of the team has also been low. So, you know, you, you make good points. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just seeing, you know, may, maybe they're seeing the puck and they're just not able to to finish. And that might be the problem. It's, you know, the, the big metaphor that we use about this team is, um, you know, they'll win one and they'll lose one. They don't lose two in a row, but the, but they can't win two in a row either. So, um, you know, the, the, the metaphor I read is it's like trying to, to start an old car in the middle of, uh, an Alberta winter. Like it starts and stops, starts and stops. I can't stay, can't stay going forward. Um, which, you know, is funny because it's, you know, naturally the article was from an Alberta, um, you know, our, uh, uh, newspaper or news, uh, news site. Um, so it, it's just, a, it's just a wonder about where this team's going to go. And, and Alex, I mean, I think, I think it is true that the next two, I would say the next three games. So we know that the trade deadlines next Friday, the next three games, and we'll, I'll even throw the fourth game in there. I'll even say the game against the Bruins, but I, I think even before that, we're going to have an idea about this team being a seller or a buyer. The question for you is, do you think by Saturday, are they a seller or are they a buyer? Um, I mean, if they look, the Coyotes are not good, but they've been playing a lot better of late. I think they've got points in like nine out of their last 10 or 11 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas, we talked about them last week. You know, they've been kind of up and down, but, you know, we expect them to be a playoff team. Um, the Avs are good. The Bruins are very good. Um, if you don't get three points out of the next possible eight, I think they got to sell. Okay. I mean, and that's like not that's not even hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's one win and one OT loss. But I just like you look at the standings. Are is Calgary uh, like we'll start with the Pacific? Is Calgary better than Vegas? No. Are they better than the Kings? No. Are they better than Seattle? Probably not. Are they better than Edmonton? I have no idea. That team confuses me. Minnesota is kind of their best shot to get in. Um like I don't think any of those other three teams in the central are going to fall out of where they're where they're at. So it's kind of Calgary or Minnesota. And you know, I put a lot of more trust in 
Minnesota and being the the mid Minnesota teams they've been for the last decade than Calgary going up and down all the time. And I think the other boys mentioned it like Daryl Sutter is a great coach with his system and the players that fit his system. If these players don't fit his system, you just gave Uyghur and Huberto a bunch of money. Like Daryl Sutter's probably on the hot seat, a flame seat, nailed it. <laughs> flame seat. Well, you actually, uh, you actually jumped ahead of me, Alex. And I appreciate that. Okay. Um, I was going to ask um, who is, who, you know, of, of the two, and this is the question I want to ask uh, of the two, um, I would say Huberto, uh, I could throw in McKenzie Weaver, but I'll throw in Huberto or, um, you know, Daryl Sutter, who, who is in the bigger hot seat. And again, for context, Trey living was, um, Daryl Sutter's hire as coach. So it's his guy, but also the, the, the signings were also Brad tree living's, you know, signings like they, he, he found a replacement for Johnny Goudreau and this is what, and, and he's, and he signed him long-term. So he, he has to own either option. You know, and someone someone's head's gonna maybe roll unless unless they just say, "Oh, it was just a one year thing, and we're gonna we're gonna try again next year." So, Alex, you said Daryl Sutter is probably on the hot seat, and I would I would say you think that because of the fact that they signed eight years to Mackenzie Weger and and Huberto. Is that right? I mean, just based on money and math, it makes sense. Unless they are gonna flip Huberto and get a bunch, you could probably still get a bunch for him even though he's has obviously had a down year. Um, yeah. I mean, you would, you, I mean, you're, it's more likely a coach gets fired than you're going to trade a, a generally very good hockey player at 115 points last year, who you just signed to an eight year deal. True. That, that, that is true. Um, for context, you have Huberto at rate this year for 5.9, he goes up to 10.5 next year. That's a tough contract. Um, James, that's who's in the big, but, but Hey, if, if you can, if you think you can bring back the one fifteen, that's a very value contract. Uh, James, who's in the bigger hot seat? Sutter, hands down. Um, I mean, you have people on this team right now complaining about Sutter, how he handles a team as an agent and Huberto. Two seasons ago, you had Johnny hockey complaining about the way the team was coached and then he wanted out. And then because Johnny hockey is out, Chuck wanted out like, this coach, Daryl Sutter, is an asshole, first and foremost, <laughs> in the way he coaches. He's always going to he's gonna flame out every single time because Ooh. he will piss people off. And then the way he coaches goes one in one ear, out the other after a couple of years. We've seen it time and time again. So, like, this, it is what it is. Like, Sutter will be a good coach for two or three years and then be done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you can you, – you're not wrong. I mean – you're not wrong in that it's tougher. I think younger players to get used to that. And I think it just depends on the type of group you have. And I think that that LA group was a group that bought in, you know, until, until it eventually, you know, sputtered out, but it was for a while that they were, that they were dominant and he was dominant. So, um, but again, you, you've spent a lot of money. You've, you've kind of committed to some players. So, you know, what are you going to do with that? So Tyler, who's in the bigger hot seat, buddy. Yeah, I agree with the, with other guys. It's 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 Sutter. As much as I hate to say that, like it's easier to fire one coach than twenty players. So um, <laughs> in that situation, it's 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 definitely the coach. Like as much sometimes that's not always fair, and sometimes I I disagree. But from a you know from a hockey management perspective, like it, it's definitely Sutter. It's definitely Sutter. And I guess just nod. Does does he get if they don't make the playoffs? Does he get fired this year? If he if they do not make the playoffs, they get fired. If they do not make fired? the playoffs. Yeah, I would I would say yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I actually don't know if they will. I think that Brad Tree Living will be a little more um, patient, but 
you know, I, I, I guess it could be a coin flip. I'm just going to say no, just to be different. Also, um, the other side of the uh, of the I guess I can say pond. It's the other side of the country because, um, <laughs> you know, we're just a continuous uh, 48 states there. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the capitals. The capitals have been woof. They have been woof. They, uh, you know, they they just they just haven't seemed to figure it out. Um, and you know, just this, this past, I mean, they, they got beat up by the, by the hurricanes recently on the weekend, um, and the Panthers, um, and the hurricanes again and the sharks, like <laughs> you can't lose to the sharks. You can't lose to the Panthers that bad. Um, I mean, losing to the hurricanes is one thing. It's just, you think that you'd catch one of them, but, or at least, you know, make it interesting. I guess the three, two game is quite interesting, but you know, nonetheless, the Capitals just seem to be spinning their tires right now. And, um, and, you know, they're getting an old, they're getting older. They're getting to, they're getting to a point where it's like, what, you know, is this window closing? And I think that that's the biggest question that I have for you guys. So I'm going to start right off with James. Are the Capitals, is the Capitals window closed or is it like barely open? I think it's closed. <laughs> and I've been like, not wanting to say that for the longest time, because this question has been coming up time and time again, season after season. Ovi's getting older, like the entire core is getting older. Ovi's not there right now. He's in Russia. Um, so, like, they can't win without Ovi. And Ovi just really just scores goals. And there's no way they can score his way out of this hole that they dug themselves in. So I think that at this point in time, no Ovi, no playoffs. Team is not going to make the playoffs this year. And at, at this point, you can't make another run with this aging group of veterans. Like, window's over. It's done. Windows over, it's done, James says. So um, you think it's safe to say that for the next three, four years that the entire team is not going to be worried about playoffs, just feeding Ovechkin to get the Gretzky goal record? <laughs> it's exactly uh, what the Lakers are doing with LeBron right now. Yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Okay. Uh, that's a good That's a good metaphor. Um, you know, for context, the average age on the Washington Capitals is 31. The re- league average is 28. That's I, like, that's huge. <laughs> that's, that's pretty huge. Um, and you know, the, the, the biggest thing I think that we don't, that, you know, we should also look at is last year, the, the East in the playoff picture was set at this time. It was actually set back in January last year. And we, no team outside the wild card spot really had a shot of getting in the amount of teams that have a shot of getting in just continues to grow as the Red Wings, as, as all the, the, the lower end Eastern teams lose and the, the teams that are outside looking in win. And all of a sudden it's a one point, uh, you know, looks like the NBA West right now um, in the, in the NHL East. So Tyler is the wind clo- is the window closed. And do you think the capitals are going to make the playoffs? I don't think the window's closed. I think, I think that they still have a chance. Like as we sit, talk today, they're only one point back of a playoff spot that that's by all means, that's definitely an open window. Um, I think that they're on par with, you know, teams like the, 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 the Penguins and the Islanders, which I, I think them and on the Capitals are kind of in a similar situation where they kind of got this old aging core that are, you know, kind of get a little bit older and it's kind of like, how much do they have left in the tank? You know, I think all those teams are very similar. So I think it's really between those three teams and kind of who's going to come out on top be, between those three. And I, like I said, you can really pick any one of those teams. And I think they each have an equal shot. You know, Obi right now, yeah, he's 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 not playing, but he's you know I, I know he's out for personal reasons. He'll he'll be back fairly soon. Um, you know, I I think the 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 Capitals will be fine. I don't think they're going to make a run by any means. But in terms of you know the the, the window being open for a playoff spot, absolutely, it's definitely there. 
they're going to be right in that mix of it. That the kind of bottom part of the Eastern Conference is going to be really competitive right at the end. There's there's like you know three or four, probably five teams you could probably argue that are in there, including the Buffalo Sabers that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, so but you know, I I, just got, I think you know the, the Capitals, Penguins, and Islanders are, are are these teams that are that are built or I think have very similar storylines in terms of that this core that, that that they've been around for a long time. They've you know had some successes. You know, they're just trying to, you know, trying to push their way and see if they can make one more run. Um, so for me, those three teams, you know, are are, are going to find out and it's going to be fun to watch, you know, which which team is going to kind of put it all together and kind of make one final run. So you, you're you talking Pittsburgh Islanders, Washington are going to battle it out. Those are the yeah. three that you mentioned. OK, yeah. So um, I'm going to throw this over to Alex. We have in the look in the Atlantic and in the in the in the Metro, the top three teams are there. Like there's a nine, 10 to nine point difference. So there's no way that any wildcard team is taking those three on. It's just they're going to be battling out for positioning. And that is what it is. The Florida takes the first wild card with 64 points. Pittsburgh's with 63. They're both in the wild card spot behind them. You have the the Islanders at 63 uh, and Pittsburgh. It has 50 as games at hand, mind you. Washington's at 62. Buffalo is at 60 with 50 with six games at hand behind. Uh, like they have a lot of they have a lot of games to make up. And Detroit's not too far behind, 60 points with with five with uh you know I would say five games in hand or four or five games in hand. Um, Alex, like I said, the diff- look. I, I think it. To, you know, Tyler said that there's three teams that are going to battle it out. I think it extends to all of those teams that I mentioned. I don't even. Th- I don't even think the Panthers are necessarily in. So that's Florida, Pittsburgh, uh, New York Islanders, Washington, Buffalo, Detroit. That that is what six teams that I think are actually battling it. All six. Is Washington's window closed? And if so, who you know who, you know who do you see? And or first of all, I guess do you think that that we'll see them sell at the deadline? And uh, who do you think is gonna you know sneak in? I I think they're it's closed as them being a cup contender like they were for the last. 15 years, you know, pretty much with when OB came into the league. I don't think it's closed on them making the playoffs. I, if that makes sense. So like, mm-hmm. I think they can still make the playoffs. Are they a legitimate Eastern conference cup contender? Probably not. Um, Out of those teams, I think Pittsburgh probably has the best shot. I feel like they're the most complete team. They're getting their goalie back. Um, Tristan Jari just, is starting tonight. I think from, for being out for like a month or whatever. So that helps um, the Islanders. Like I want to believe in them, but also we just got news today that uh, Matthew Barzell is out indefinitely oh. for whatever reasons. Um, I don't can't remember, can't remember what it was for, but so that sucks for them. Um, and yeah, you're right. Florida's got 60 games played. A lot of them have them have them in hand. I don't. I'd like. I can't trust Buffalo or Detroit yet. I think they're kind of a year away. Um, I mean, again, I did just see Buffalo play live on Saturday, and but like you beat the Sharks, so like yeah, what does that really does that really tell you? Nothing. Uh, so I I think I think Washington has a good shot. Um, you know they need Ovi to come back. James is right; like he doesn't do anything other than score. Um, I mean, we even saw that viral video of him scoring on the power play a couple of weeks ago, and he's just standing in his spot, just waiting. For- but hey. It's called Ovi's corner, whatever the fuck they call it for a reason. So um, I think Washington's got a shot. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we, it kind of ends up like it ends up with Florida and Pittsburgh being those last two. I just think they're kind of more complete teams at this point. Um, but I, I, yeah. And like, you know, Tyler was right. They're a 
a point out, they get a win in their next game and they're technically in a playoff spot again. So um, I don't, that, that's probably the most interesting part. Interesting playoff race coming down is those two, two things in the East. It, it really is. Um, I mean, besides the Pacific, the top five teams in the Pacific, any of five of those teams could either be the top of the Pacific or be out of the playoffs. Like that's what I feel like at the Pacific division. Um, and that's all the way through. Uh, as for this, I think, I think you're exactly right. These, any of these six, any two of these six teams can make it. And any of in, you know, you know, two, two, I would say three of them are, are, you know, are aging. They're, they're, it's going to be tough for them to actually compete Florida. I don't know what to think of them. And then you have your two, you know, Buffalo and Detroit who on this podcast, we've, de- we debated if they're going to be a, a playoff t- teams. There's a point where I thought, Oh, there's no way that the Buffalo, uh, uh, there's a way that Buffalo is going to make it. Then they didn't same with Detroit. And all of a sudden they're, they're, you know, a few points out with games at hand. It, it, it's, it's actually banana lands in, in the East right now. And uh, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how, it, how it's going to um, play out. But uh, I think the Capitals will not make the playoffs. Uh, I really don't. I, I I just think that they are that that their their time is spent. That their 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 the aging core has finally you know gave up the ghost. And I think, like I said earlier, for the next three years, you're just going to see the Capitals feed Ovechkin in his office every fucking night, and they're going to lose fucking four to two or four to four to three every game or whatever. Um, you know, let in a bunch of goals because they're going to have to sell everybody and just make sure they can get guys that just give Ovi the puck. Boom, boom, boom. You think he has to get traded? Ovechkin? Yeah. That's no. not like if they, if Kuznetsov and Oshi and all these guys like leave or they dump them, do you think he it, wants it, like to go to a contending team for it, one more, one more? I, I, you know, he is not the, I don't think he will because I just think that the Capitals are his identity. You know, uh, it, it, just like Kobe. Like Kobe's identity was the Lakers. Like that is him. And and just Fair, like Kobe kind of asked for a trade one time. So. <laughs> yeah, but he was also younger. It didn't happen. Yeah. And that was like, he was 26 or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ovechkin came into the league as a, as a capital. He's gone through like three different logo changes and coaches. And like, it's just been through the whole thing. Same with, same with Sid. I, I mean, I would see Sid, having more of a more of an app to go compete for a stanley cup over over ovechkin honestly i think that his compete level is way above ovechkin it's not even close um uh sydney crosby just an all-around better player <laughs> so yeah. um uh, you know it, uh, you know and and it's always been those two it's always been that those 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 two that we look at and it's just to me you know even though sid eats sleeps and breathes pittsburgh i think that he would you know, in his last couple years uh, of his of his career, would would go to a contending team if the if Pittsburgh decided to completely shut it down over Ovechkin. I just I just have that feeling, be, just because of the compete level of uh, of um, of uh, of Sidney Crosby. Not that not that Ovi doesn't have a compete level. I think he's you know he is what he is. It's just you know I, I he's kind of going back to his old ways, and I and I'm and I'm not really impressed by him lately. So. Uh, maybe maybe that just might be a subjective thing. So, but that that's all I have this week. Um, I appreciate you guys listening, and I appreciate you guys reading my uh, my uh, you know power rankings. It's it's been fun to provide those for you guys. So, in conclusion, said the kid, future Oiler. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we return, Tyler is finally talking baseball for the first time in a long time. Welcome back, everybody. Tyler is talking WBC, World Baseball Classic. For all you nerds out there, I think of white blood cell. That is clearly wrong. 
Tyler, it's all you. <laughs> I love that out of you, Jay. That's awesome. Yeah, not not White Blood Cells World Baseball Classic. That is the abbreviation for the WBC, at least this year. Uh, guys, spring training is back. Uh, everyone, all the teams are back in camp, uh, which means that spring training games are starting. They're actually starting this weekend. Uh, so baseball season is right around the corner, and we're going to get into those division previews for you guys on the podcast coming up. But before we get to all of that, I wanted to, to talk about we have uh, the World Baseball Classic. It's the first one that we've had since 2017. It is the fifth edition of the WBC. It's really exciting. Uh, it's, you know, ba- obviously baseball's version of the World Cup. So countries competing against each other um, to 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 win the WBC title. Um, the, the Team USA is the defending champs. They won back in 2017. Uh, Japan won the first two and the Dominican Republic won the uh, third one. So those are kind of the big three countries, the ones that are usually kind of the favorites to win the tournament. Those are the big three, but there are a lot of other good competitive countries that are in this tournament as well. 20 teams uh, make up the four different pools that will play each other in the kind of the in, in, in the pool rounds. And then we'll have the semifinals and finals uh, basically spanning about three weeks in the month of March. Um, so hopefully you guys are tuning into that. So it, it kind of, it's fun because, you know, spring training can get a little dull and boring, but when, when, the, when we have the WBC, it's really competitive baseball. Um, so that makes it fun kind of a little bit of um, exciting baseball before we get to opening day um, in late March. So we're, but we're going to talk a little bit, just kind of what the boys are excited for. Uh, for 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 this year's World Baseball Classic, but as we love to do on TLDR, we're gonna rank and we're gonna do some. Uh, we're we're gonna judge the style and do some you know kind of sports fashion. We're gonna be going through a bracket of the uh, of the WBC caps. So all the hats that teams wear. I got my Team USA uh, hat on right here, um, and as an honor for this. So I did a uh, WBC bracket, all twenty teams, um, and the boys are gonna you know go through the bracket and see if they agree with me. So I rank these based on what I think the rankings are one through 20. Um, and then we're going to go through each one and we're going to pick uh, the the podcast uh, winner. So we'll see what we agree on as a whole to see who is the WBC champion for the best hat. Um, so that's, that's, that's this should be pretty fun. So we're going to kind of go through it. Um, so I'm going to share my screen uh, with you guys here. And we have the bracket ready to roll. Um, so we're going to kind of go through each matchup. So obviously 20 teams, it's it's quite a big bracket. Um, so we're going we're gonna to go through it pretty quickly here. Um, and there's a few kind of like play-in uh, tournaments first. So we're going to go through kind of the shittier ones first and kind of and, and, and kind of start there. So I guess we'll start with with the bottom. Traden, I'm sorry, but for me, Canada had the uh, the worst hat, in my opinion, uh, <laughs> taking on. So that's that, that 20 seed. Uh, they're taking on the 13 seed Korea. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for go. a painter hat anyway. So maybe this is the, this is there you go. Win. So I'm going to, I'm going to get, let's see, we're going to go Canada and where's Korea. Well, that's weird. Okay. Well, let's look at Canada here and then I'll just Google it real quick, but here you go. This is Canada's hat. Uh, just so you guys get a good view of it. I don't know. Just for me, it's kind of a little funky, a little weird to see, I, you know, cool baseball suit kind of whatever, but I don't know, not, not exactly my favorite one. Let me just Google uh, Korea's hat real quick. All right. So there you go. Korea. <laughs> Number 13. So kind of a weird funky K in the, in the blue. Uh, so there you guys go. Korea um, and Canada. Uh, so we're going to go around. Obviously best uh, of three here with the, with, with the votes. Korea or Canada? James, who do you pick? Korea. Trading. Canada. Oh, there we go. Alex, who do you got? Oh, I'm going to be Jackie this time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll, be, I'll, go, I'll go Korea. I think the Canada one's a little too loud. 
Yeah. I, I, can I, we I, all agree that, that those are the most expensive pieces of shit ever? <laughs> like $42 for a literal piece of shit is that yeah, expensive. Yeah. It's, it's expensive. a literal piece I mean, of shit. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll get to some good hats later, but all right. So Korea moves <laughs> on Canada, you know, first round exit, probably well-deserved there. Uh, next we got Cuba and Chinese Taipei. Cuba was not, I did do my research on that one. They were not in that little group. So this is what Cuba's got. Um, yeah, just not much going on, you know, pretty basic. Um, and then Chinese Taipei, I thought was, you know, a pretty decent one, but just didn't quite make my final vote. Um, but there you go. There's Chinese Taipei. So we're going to go around opposite direction. Alex, um, Cuba or Chinese Taipei? Um, I'll go Chinese Taipei. I like that one a little better. Okay. James. Same. All right. Well, Chinese Taipei moves on, but uh, uh, Traden, who do you, who would you have voted for? Um, Neither. No, I'm just kidding. Chinese Taipei was pretty cool. Uh, like the little baseball uh, stitches in there. It was pretty nice. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's do uh, number 15, Colombia, taking on number 18, Italy. Colombia, that's what I wanted, the little side-by-side comparison. Now we get it. There we go. Now we're now we're talking here. All right, Italy and Colombia. Okay, again, not much going on here. These are pretty basic hats. We're in the lower seeds, so we're not we're not doing much here. But uh, trading, let's start. Let's lead off with you this time. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say C because... I'm say I say C because literally we're choosing between a letter, so I'm gonna choose C. Colombia, okay. Colombia, Alex. I'm gonna go with Italy because the Colombia one kind of looks like an E, and that's the different letter, so I'm out. So I'm going Italy. It, it does a little <laughs> bit like an E. You're right, uh, James. How about you? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Colombia because of the fact that it's a C and an E. You have <laughs> letters. That's really cool. <laughs> all right columbia takes the cake on that one the last kind of play in bracket we have is great britain and nicaragua they really right. dig deep in these don't they holy oh my gosh no. jesus christ you have everyone has to watch the youtube on this because these yeah, hats are sucks. horrible <laughs> again we're in the we're in the lower seats here nicaragua great britain um let's see james let's 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 go with you first great britain <laughs> trading there's more letters great britain <laughs> All right, great Bruins, but Alex, who would you pick? Yeah, I would pick them as well. I think the logo just looks better than the N of Nicaragua. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, uh... it's the font. It's the font. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Sure. I gotta pick something, you know. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> All these right. Are, I hope these get better, Tyler. These are horrible. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we just saw uh, Great Britain's. Then they're taking on the one that I believe um is the number one hat in the WBC and that is the Dominican Republic's hat. So uh this is a 117 matchup. I love DR's hat. I think it's pretty sweet. Um I love the interlocking letters like that and it's just it's just a good clean solid baseball hat for me. Uh but let's see. Let me maybe there'll be a first round upset here. Alex, who do you got in this matchup? Is there like technical name like Republic of the Dominican? Because why is why is it yes. background? Yeah, it's like yes. the Republicana that look Dominican or however. Oh, okay, you then yeah, I'll go. I'll go the DR then, because otherwise I'm like, what do you? Why are you flipping yeah. the letter? Okay, yeah. then yeah, I'll go DR. All right, trading. Yeah, dude, the 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 RD is sick. Yeah, let's go. All right, well that one wins, but James, would you have uh, picked Great Britain over DR or no? No, what? <laughs> Good. I'm glad we all agree on that one. All right, <laughs> next next matchup we got the nine seed Puerto Rico taking on the eight seed Czech Republic. Um, I thought the Czech Republic had a sneaky good um, uh, hat here. Um, 
kind of a random country that's in it. I didn't even know the Czech Republic had a baseball team, but they made the World Baseball Classic this year. It's the first time that they've been in it. Um, I think it's pretty cool. They got kind of it's kind of the CR in a, uh, a home plate uh, shape, along with a little kind of baseball on the side. And Puerto Rico, you know, just a, I think an overall just pretty good solid baseball hat. Um, but what do you guys think? This is it's a close one for me. Eight nine. Um, James, let's let's start with you. Oh damn, uh, Puerto Rico. Okay, Puerto Rico takes one vote. Alex, this is the hardest one you've given us so far. I think. Um, I'm going to go Czech Republic just because I've been there and because I couldn't decide. So that's how I decided. <laughs> All right. Love that. And Trayden, you're, you're the, the tiebreaker here. Yeah. Czech Republic, period. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Is there a period on there? Czech Republic moves on. I think it's uh, a baseball. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, it's supposed to be a baseball. <laughs> that's uh, an awful uh, baseball, dude. I mean, it's obviously it's, it's a red dot. So, but I think the point of it, it's supposed to be a baseball is the kind of, kind of what we're going with there. Period. All right. (laughs) Next, we got uh, the number five Netherlands taking on the 12 seated Mexico. Um, So let's get those two up next to each other. Uh, We talk a lot about the Netherlands and kind of their orange logos and Mexico. And I think these ones usually get pretty mixed reviews, Uh, but let's see what the boys think. Alex, we'll start with you. The, The Netherlands versus Mexico. Oh, this is tough too. I'm going to go with Netherlands just because it's different than the other ones, which has just been a letter, even though I do really like the Mexican ones, but I think the, the Netherlands one looks cool. All right. Uh, James, what do you think? Mexico hands down. It reminds me of Christmas. All right. <laughs> Shane, you're the tiebreaker once again. Uh, Mexico, because I don't want to see the Kings logo on a, on a baseball. Hat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously I love the crown. In Oilers colors. Pretty, pretty so cool. True. <laughs> Damn. Ooh. Yeah. Tough one. No, it's, it's Mexico for me. All right, we're going Mexico. I like Christmas. That's, that's the first upset I think we've really had so far. Um, so that's awesome. I, I love to see some parody here. Uh, moving on. We got uh, 12 or sorry, 13. I put Korea. Oh yeah. Korea got, never mind. I'm, I'm an idiot. All right. So Korea, we all remember Korea's hat, right? Um, but I really think you're not gonna pick Korea's once you see China's. Um, I think China has one of the coolest hats in the WBC. And there it is, boys. Uh it's a nice, it's got some pop. We got the C in the shape of a fucking dragon, but I don't know. I think it's really cool. But let's see what you guys think. Um, trading uh, Ch- uh Korea or China. C in the shape of a fucking dragon. Uh yeah, yeah. I'll go with China. All right. Uh, James, what do you think? I mean, also China, but that gives you some serious like Calgary, Calgary Flames vibes with this scene. Oh, crap. Can I change my vote? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So China will move on. But uh, Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick China. I think we should point out that the dragon's not fucking something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tyler said it, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, nah, it's not. But it is really cool. <laughs> All right. China moving on. <laughs> Uh, now we got uh, our team USA cap uh, is taking on uh, Chinese Taipei. Um, so let's get those two up on the board here. USA Taipei. Um, obviously, uh, I love US. I have a little bias. You know, I've, I've worked for Team USA before um, with, with their baseball team. I love it. I, I think it's just a good, really clean logo against Chinese Taipei. Both of these kind of, I would argue, a little bit busy, a lot going on. But I think both are pretty good, clean hats. But let's see what the boys think. Uh, I, I have the uh, U.S. as the number three hat in the WBC. So let's let's see what we got here. Um, Trading, let's start off with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the United States. Um, as much as I love the stitches on the C, uh, I actually just like the star back there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Alex, how about you? 
Uh, I agree with everything Trayden just said. Boom. <laughs> USA will we'll move on, but uh, James, what do you got on these two? Um, I like Mike Trout's hat, so yeah. Yeah. All right, Team USA. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. All right, now we got Venezuela, the 11th seed against the 6th seed, Australia. Um, so let's get Australia and Venezuela up there for you guys to see. Australia, Venezuela. I think these are two pretty unique hats. Um, so this one, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Uh, James, what do you got? Australia. I like that one a lot. Yeah, nice green. It's kind of got some cool stars on there. I think it's a, I think it's a very solid pick. Trade one by you. It's tough because I still write in cursive even 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 now. So I I do like the Venezuela V, but I'm gonna go with the Australian one because I I I like it. All right, Australia will move on. But Alex, who you picked? I'm also gonna go with Australia because they were robbed during the other World Cup. Uh, when we did. <laughs> yeah, robbed. Yeah, Alex, <laughs> Alex is a big Aussie guy uh, for sure. So they will so they will move on uh, to the next round for this one. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, we got seven Panama versus ten Japan. All right, Japan and Panama. Um, I'm a I'm a, I was a pretty big fan of Panama here. I like the it's the only three toned um hat in the WBC, so I I think that's pretty cool. And Japan has always had kind of a, a pretty clean, interesting look. Um, but Trey, you're looking really close to the screen, so I'm gonna go with you first. Yeah, I like I actually like the Japan one. I like the gold on the brim. Yeah, they do got a little bit of gold on the brim there as James moves closer to the screen as well. <laughs> uh, but Alex, who do what do you think, Japan or Panama? Uh, I really don't like agreeing with trade in this often, but I'm also going to go with Japan. Wow. Okay. Uh, Japan will move on, but James, what do you got? I would have picked Panama. Man, like that Trico is really cool. Yeah. So if if this was uh, going, we did split on this one, but since uh, it's up to you guys, Japan will take this one. Uh, another upset there. Uh, moving on to the the this last one here, uh, Colombia versus Israel. I had Israel um, as my number two. Um, I thought it was a sneaky, really great logo, uh, but let's see what you guys think. Um, here we go. Israel and Colombia. James. Israel. Except I'd like my double lettered. Like double letter. <laughs> Alex. Uh, I didn't vote for Colombia last time and I like Israel's better. So I will be going with Israel. And trade a hundred percent Israel. Yeah, Israel. Um, for those who aren't watching YouTube, it's just kind of the star of David, blue cap. It's super simple, super sweet. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic hat. All right, let's keep going, boys. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Uh, then our uh, what is it, the quarterfinals? I guess quarterfinal Elite. matchup. What? Elite eight. Elite eight. There we go. Elite eight. Elite eight. Uh, we got the number one Dominican Republic against the number eight Czech Republic. The DR or the CR? Who we got? Trading. DR baby, DR moving up. Uh, Alex, dang, I don't know. This one's I'm gonna go DR, but I really like the Czech Republic one. I think that one's cool. Yeah, Czech Republic sneaky good. Um, DR move on, but uh, James, who who would you have voted for? RD, <laughs> RD. There we go. No period. Dominican moving on. Uh, next we got Puerto Rico versus the. Oh wait, no shit. I'm I'm reading that wrong. Here we go. Mexico, <laughs> Mexico versus China. I can't read my own bracket. All right, China. It's okay, man. Mexico with one of the bigger upsets in the first round. Do they upset again here against China? Um, James, who do you got? Mexico. Oh, okay. Mexico making some splashes. Trade in. 
Oh boy. You know what? I think I think the upset's real, baby. It's Mexico for me, man. Wow, Mexico upsetting the Chinese dragon. Alex, would you have agreed or disagreed? I think I would have. I think I would pick Mexico. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't have Mexico that high. So um the tw- the Mexico 12 seed is moving on. China well, not had that could, baby. You never know. All right. Now we got USA Australia. Um really curious to see how Alex is gonna vote on this one. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> there you go oh wait oh they gotta pick usa there we go all right usa australia uh alex i, I just gotta start with you on this one dude i'm going australia i like okay. it better i think it's a better looking hat all right fair enough trading i hate agreeing with alex this much yes. oh My no God. usa gets knocked out but uh james did, would you have agreed i would have agreed yes wow <laughs> That's that's disappointing. Uh, but hey, that's why we do this. That's why we do this. Australia upsets USA in the quarterfinals. Hopefully that doesn't actually happen in the actual WBC. That would be really, 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 be really bad. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to Japan and Israel in the quarterfinals. Uh, um, Japan, Israel. Okay, let's go with this one trade in. Who you got? It's the colors for me. Japan. Okay. Japan taking one. Uh, James, who you got? Israel. All right. Alex, you're a tiebreaker. Oh, man. I like being a tiebreaker. This part's fun. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Japan. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Japan. Just, I'm really into trading today. I don't know. What's, I don't know. What's <laughs> <laughs> Lots of upsets. So in the, uh, the final four, we have the number one DR that's in there, but we got a 12 seed Mexico, <clears throat> a six seed Australia, and a 10 seed Japan. So this is why we do this. Um, we like to see uh, people disagree. <laughs> um, so Mexico and <laughs> the Dominican Alex, Republic. Yeah. DR Mexico. Alex. Dude, I talked shit on Mexico in the first round, but I've changed my mind completely. I think I'm going to go Mexico. Wow. Okay. Oh. Tra- uh, I'm going to go James. Just looking to go with Mexico, man. Oh, <laughs> I wish I could, I could, uh, I mean, I, I guess I could, it is my bracket and just disagree with you guys, but I, I got to go with you guys' picks here. So Mexico moves on, but Traden, would you have agreed? Um, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it. I think what we've learned is the three of us like something and Tyler is completely different. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> All right. Well, Mexico's moving on to the final DR gets knocked out, which is just a shame, but well, what, what, whatever are you going to do? Uh, so we got Australia and Japan uh vying for a spot in the final um let's see what we got james australia hands down australia um trading japan okay <laughs> alex i have a feeling i know you're gonna pick but let's see what happens i was a big proponent of japan moving through but i am off team trade and i'm on to team james australia is moving through <laughs> all right i would never have predicted that the final matchup would have been mexico australia but here we are, uh, Mexico, Australia. Why not? You're gonna be shocked by who's gonna the final. Um, let's no. go. Let's see what we got here. Um, James, who do we got? Wow, this is really hard. I like both of these all the way through. Australia, Australia, one on the board. Trade in. Alex, take it. Take take us to the tiebreaker, baby. Take us to the tiebreaker, Mexico. Okay, that's all comes yes. down to this: the tiebreaker. Alex yes. gets, gets the final decision. It's Australia and Mexico, and the winner is? The winner is Australia. Wow. All right. It's Team Australia. 
is I, I think our... I would have picked Australia. I just really wanted Alex to have the, the line. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, there you go, boys. Uh, for only $42, you can buy uh, this, this beautiful Team Australia uh, fitted baseball cap. Um, so go ahead and watch the WBC and, and see all those beautiful hats along with the, all, all, all the beautiful uniforms. Um, a lot of, a lot of, um, stars come showing out for the, for the, for the WBC this year, other than in the caps, what are you boys most excited for in this year's edition of the WBC? We're going to go, we're going to go around the horn real quick. Um, James, start with you. What are you most excited for, for this year's WBC? I think just talent. It's like the all-star game, but they're actually trying. So it'd be really fun. Yeah, I think I think last year's lot or the last 2017, the last edition of it was one of the best WBCs we've we've ever seen. Just with the stars come out to play, and I think I think it's a record this year, like the most MLB All Stars playing in this tournament that we've ever seen. Um, so that's going to be pretty fun to watch. Um, Alex, how about you? Yeah, uh, James pretty much took mine. I was really pumped for Kirsch uh, to be able to pitch. He's not going to, which really bums me out. Um, but yeah, just. I think like, just like you said, I think the talent is unbelievable compared to previous, previous years. Um, and just, you know, as though I don't like their hat as much, I'm excited to see team USA play. <laughs> yeah. Team USA trying to defend their title trade in. Have you, I don't know if you've seen the previous world baseball classics or not, but what are you most excited for this, this time? No, this, this, uh, reminds me of the world cup of hockey. So, um, and that's a best on best tournament. And that's what we have here. Best on best is what we want. And not just best on best all-star where they're just doing nothing. This is actual baseball. This is actual com- competition for best on best. And and I, I think it's great that that if, if it's becoming more and more competitive, that means we're getting more and more talent from all these other countries. And I think that's huge for, for the world. Absolutely. Again, very excited for this year's edition of the WBC. I'm excited to see how that Dominican Republic lineup is gonna is gonna is gonna play because it is loaded is not the right word. I, I don't know if there's a better word for that, but um, that lineup one through nine is absolutely stacked. Uh, Team Japan with uh, Shohei Otani is gonna be fun to watch, and I always love obviously rooting on our boys in red, white, and blue Team USA to, to defending their title. Um, so it's gonna be a great tournament. It starts March 12th. Um, hopefully, you guys will tune into that. It's again, it's great baseball. Uh, t- uh, countries taking on each other and tons of MLB stars are playing in it. So make sure you tune in uh, to, the, to the WBC again, starting March 12th. But that's what I got for baseball this week. Uh, again, ne- next week, we're going to start talking uh, team previews and we'll get to that. But uh, we got the, the WBC this year. So we're talking about that and go buy a team Australia baseball hat. <laughs> Brother, real fast. Where is this being held? Uh, so all around the world. Um, off the top of my head. So the, 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 the pool plays um, are all in different countries uh i should have had that information ready i have that information oh trade's got it what do we got a consists of uh chinese taipei netherlands cuba italy and panama that's playing that they're playing in taiwan pool b japan korea australia china and the czech republic will be played in tokyo japan uh pool c consists of united states mexico colombia canada great britain here in phoenix arizona and the puerto rico venezuela dominican republic israel nicaragua pool d is in miami florida there you go okay so we're gonna watch this it's all over the place and the quarterfinals, place. pool yeah, A and B will create the quarterfinals. They'll be in Tokyo. Pool C and D will go to Florida. And the semifinals and the finals will be in Miami, Florida. Oh, there see, you can, we can watch that in the United States because only three hour difference for us because we're on the West Coast. 
Well, anyway, that concludes episode 137, Meta World Peace. Uh, be nice to all those around you, just like Meta World Peace was. And don't start fights inside of arenas, because that's just bad. Hope you guys have a great week, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye.